Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview Podcast. This is the last one for this 2020 regular season. It's hard to believe, but here we are. A lot of people didn't think we would be here, meaning a lot of people didn't think that the NFL season would be able to actually go off without a hitch. And I can't say that there have not been hitches, but here we are preparing for Week 17 the Pittsburgh Steelers in a pretty much meaningless week 17 game as they travel to Cleveland to play the, the Browns or whoever's left with that. Let's bring in Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's up, Brian? How are you? Hey, happy almost new year. This is the last day of 2020. And uh, like you said, Jeff, it's been a crazy year. I didn't think we'd be here. And it is amazing that, uh, they didn't do it in the best way, but they, they got it done and they got us here. And so uh, now there's one more regular season weekend before the playoffs. I can't believe it. Absolutely. And the other co-editor, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? How's it going? No more games left in 2020. Yeah, this is a, this is a depressing day for me, not just because <laughs> of the uh, new year's new year, whatever, yeah. but it, it's the end of the week 17. Everyone always talks about how the, the wild card round and the divisional round are the best weekends of football. And I'm not disagreeing with that, but when you lose the regular season, it, it, it's over, you know, the, 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 there's only so many games left and I love the NFL. I love football. And pretty soon we're going to be in the doldrums of the off season and talking about the draft. And that's depressing for me. <laughs> that's really depressing. Uh, I tell you, last weekend, I think, was the weekend when you had, you know, it was Christmas Day. Then you had a game. You had three games back to back on on Saturday, filling up the whole the whole yeah. time slot. All the games Sunday in the regular three time slots and a game on Monday. That was 
that was glorious because and no game, no days off in between. That was just a lot of football to go through, and it was great. And the Steelers wrapped up the AFC North. So. Absolutely. And for those that are watching us live, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, some of you might say, well, why are they going on so early? Well, it's Christmas Eve. I'm saying Christmas Eve. I swear. <laughs> I've said that like times. My wife's like, are you okay? It's New Year's <laughs> Eve. And so, you know, a lot of people have plans and things like that. So we decided to jump on here early and make sure that we get the show in. And unlike last week, Brian Anthony Davis is joining us. So, uh, may we all wish you a happy new year before we get started. Um, you already talked some news. Let's, let's get, let's get right into the nitty gritty. And that is the fact that right now the Cleveland Browns, their COVID situation is not looking good. While there are some positives, the fact that those four wide receivers that were high risk contacts were all removed from the COVID-19 reserve list today, two more players tested positive and the NFL has to be keeping its fingers crossed that this thing does not escalate into what we've seen with the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens, which just so happened to always involve the Pittsburgh Steelers. It seems like so guys, I don't want to talk about the players or anything like that, or the number of positives. I wrote an article that ran early this morning on Thursday, and it was that and the NFL's absolute nightmare would be if this turns into an outbreak, how do you think the NFL is going to handle this? If there are continued positives, they cannot move this game. I, I they can't move it even to Monday. Because that would put the Steelers in the bind, the fact that they're already playoff bound. If you are to look into your crystal ball, how do you see this taking going down with the National Football League and how they handle this? Brian, we'll start with you. I would think that uh, if push comes to shove, what they would ultimately do if they had to, they would just uh, give everybody a bye next week, except for the Steelers and Browns, uh, the ones affected by this. That's And I think that is a horrible idea. But I could see that coming back and cracking the Steelers again with another team, uh, with another team's woes. And we don't know what happened in Cleveland, and I'm not saying saying that. But if it is an outbreak, that's probably what I'd expect. However, I think they are going to do everything they possibly can. They're going to stretch it because they can't stretch it anymore. If this was any other team, they'd be doing the same thing. I mean, they had luxuries when it was Thanksgiving. And when it was the Ravens, they had luxuries when it was week four and they had uh, teams had buys and they could move that Tennessee Pittsburgh game, but they don't have that luxury now. So it's really going to be, there'd have to be 15 guys out before they decided to move this game. Dave, what are your thoughts? Well, the NFL keeps saying this is not an outbreak. This is not the, the with all their tracing and everything that these players are not catching this from each other they're getting it from other places for example the one positive test from today thursday was someone who was actually already put on the covid list because they were deemed a, a close contact to somebody else outside the facility you know where they had to report that hey i was in you know i don't know if it's a family member or, or whatnot ended up testing positive so this person went on the list and then they ended up getting it so that one wasn't a, that that was the tight end that wasn't a very big surprise so you can't take the numbers from yesterday and the numbers today and think they're two separate numbers because they at least somewhat overlap but yeah. the NFL the whole thing that it came down to with the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans both times when the Steelers got screwed over um just to say it bluntly was because they were spreading it around to each other yeah. And they do not believe that this is the case here in Cleveland. Now, could it be the case? And they just don't want to 
say that's the case because they know how desperately they need to play this game this week, that's a possibility. You say this is a nightmare situation. What if it's next week? Oh, yeah. That, it, that gets into yeah. it even more. This is, this is one of the reasons why a lot of people, I'm not one of them, but a lot of people said, should the NFL go into a bubble for the postseason? In, in which case you are going to avoid, you know, obviously everyone's going to be tested, et cetera, et cetera. But um, with that said, I, I I understand, yeah, the playoffs, it could be bad. And it's it's going to be on the players to, like, like you mentioned, the Browns players that have tested positive did not get it from the organization. They're going to have to really be smart. And the, every team is. And the Steelers have been one of those fortunate teams. It seems like, and Mike Tomlin lauded his team for taking responsibility in his Tuesday press conference. Uh, but you know what? They cannot move this game, not even a day. Not even a day. The NFL has to come out and say, and I think Rodney, yep, Rodney Lyles in our in our live chat right now, I'll put it up. He said, treat the Browns like Denver. And what he's Absolutely. referring to is the Denver Broncos when they had all those close contacts uh, in their quarterback room and they had to start a practice squad receiver who played quarterback in, in college in a, you know, as a running quarterback. You play the game no matter what. Now the Browns have to be like, you know, praying that this doesn't turn into an outbreak because I think the NFL would do that. I think the NFL would say, look, you find a way. You find a way you're playing the game on Sunday at one o'clock. And I know that I saw a couple writers, beat writers for the Steelers say, you know, should they be worried about, you know, should the Steelers be worried about transmission? I just want to state state this again. I recently, within the last two weeks, I read a, a research article about every single major field sport, outdoor sport, We're talking soccer. We're talking Australian rules football. We're talking rugby, obviously, uh, the National Football League. There has been zero cases in all those professional leagues of cross-contamination from team to team on the field. So there's been no documented cases of that happening. I don't think the Steelers should be concerned in any way possible. Uh, But at the same time, I think the NFL is going to say, look, you either play this game or I don't think they would force them to forfeit, but you just got to play the game. They have nowhere to move this. Like Brian said, creating a weak 18 where everyone gets a buy you cannot punish the Steelers for the Browns issues I just don't I just don't I know and Dave, Brian I'm not saying that you agree with that that's just I understand that but we'll see how this plays out fingers crossed that this thing does not turn into an outbreak that the NFL's contact tracing and the protocols that they've put in place will work and they will be able to play but I do know that the team like the Browns I think one of their inside linebackers was one of the positives and they're really thin at that position anyways so We'll keep an eye on this, and if you're listening to this on Friday, an audio platform, there might be even more news, and we're just we're, we're not getting it because this was recorded on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, real quick, election fraud 2020 gives us 14.99. I don't see a question there. Well, um, oh, well, he puts a comment here. Keep Ben Roethlisberger and TJ Watt as far away from Cleveland as possible. <laughs> well, that's a good segue. Thank you very much for that, and thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. Happy New Year. Uh, let's talk about the other news of, of the Steelers resting players. Now on Tuesday, Mike Tomlin came out and said, flat out, Ben Roethlisberger's not playing. We're going to wrap him in bubble wrap. We're going to, what, what did he say? Air mail him to, to the playoffs. <laughs> I think that was his exact quote. We're going to air mail him to the playoffs. So Ben Roethlisberger's in bubble wrap. And then today, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported that the following players also will be given the day off this Sunday. And that would be TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and Marquise Pouncey. I was shocked that Joe Hayden's name was not there, but I want to ask you guys first, are you okay with them resting players? And if so, do you think there's a player that should, like maybe like Joe Hayden, get the week off that was not on that list? Brian, we'll start with you. 
I would have bet that Joe Hayden was going to be on that list, and I would have lost that bet. I, I thought that was going to be for certain. I am definitely okay with this. Look, I know Mike Tomlin and the rest of his team doesn't really care about seeding. A lot of people are talking about, wait a second, you've got, you know, if Buffalo loses and Pittsburgh wins, then they could be the number two seed. Yeah, but it's not for a bye. So it basically changes who you play. And that's the bottom line to that whole thing. So I'm not really concerned about who they play as I'll be concerned about that next week. Really, the fact is I'm concerned about them being healthy. And if this is the healthiest you can get your team, then go ahead and do it. Look, I wanted to see TJ Watt break Debo's record, but I don't want to see him break the record and then break a leg. Not saying that's going to happen, but you've seen stranger (laughs) things happen. So, you know, I mean, let's, I mean, let's just be cautious. And I know somebody's going to bring out that, well, what happened to not living in your fears, but this is just smart. You've seen, you see Patrick Mahomes isn't playing. You you see that Kansas City's doing that and they've got more to actually risk by having him off for two weeks because of that's when real rust, you know, comes into play. So, you know what? I just think it's smart football. To go ahead and do this. Well, I mean, we talk about TJ Watt. Let's just flash back to the Washington game. And you watch Bud Dupree running up the arc untouched. And what happens? Torn ACL. Now, could that have happened in, in the next week if it didn't happen on that play? Possibly. You just don't know. And so you need to play your hand as as wise as you can. And that's why I, I agree with Brian 100%. Do I, would I like to see TJ Watt? really put a stamp on maybe his defensive player of the year, you know, is whatever he's his, his resume, so to speak. Yeah. Would I love to see him break James Harrison's record? Absolutely. But at the same time, do I don't want to see him risk injury either. So Dave, what do you think about these players that are being rested? And maybe a couple surprises of players that are, or are not going to be getting rested. All right. Well, first of all, the whole notion of resting the players, I understand this. If the Steelers controlled their own destiny to move up to the two seed, it might be a little different. But when you when you have to account on someone else's help in order to have that happen, then you just need to make sure that you're getting there. Also, because like Brian said, there's no buy with it. So what's the advantage of the two seed other than who knows if it's a better matchup or not is in the divisional round. If you make it there, you would host a game. But if you're not going into the playoffs healthy, I wouldn't bank on getting to the divisional round. You've got to make sure you win your first playoff game before you win your second one. Now, when it comes to players, I honestly thought it would be David DeCastro and not Marquise Pouncey. Really? And the reason I think I thought that was because I thought they would not play Pouncey, but they would dress Pouncey. Because isn't he the only other center that they have? Well, has an hour. No, I mean, what, what I mean, you, other than has an hour. Oh, yeah. An hour no. gets injured. Who's snapping the ball? I, I honestly did that. Can they? Oh, God. <laughs> you can't it. block anyone on a punt without holding. How's he going to actually block legit pass rush? Oh, sorry. No, that's, you bring up a great point. And yeah. that's something that a lot of fans, and Dave, if you're not done, I'll come right back to you. Oh. A lot of fans, when, they, when Mike Tomlin and Dave in his genius had a pre-write already ready for Tomlin to say that Ben was not going to play. And we were the first news outlet to get that story published and out there on the interwebs and it blew up. And there were a lot of people that were like, this is stupid, uh, blah, blah, all this crap. But you know what? The funny thing is, is that what Tomlin actually said in his description or his uh, explanation was 
there's so many factors that come into being able to give a guy a week off. You have to have the depth at the position. So immediately guard inside linebacker, you're not getting the week off period. Okay. Second is what are those players banged up themselves? And so let's look at like Terrell Edmonds right now. He's on the injury report with a shoulder injury. If that's an injury they feel could just creep up or become an issue, then maybe he'll get the week off because he's banged up. It, it It's just, it's not as cut and dry as we want to give this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, because you're veterans. No, you can't do that. You don't have enough players on the roster to do that as well. Yeah. So it, it's interesting and in how they're going to handle things. Last question before we move on. Do you all think that the Steelers will handle this almost like a preseason game in regards to someone like Joe Hayden, where maybe they play a half and then next, you know, Justin Lane goes out there or Cam Sutton moves to the outside. Brian, how do you think they're going to handle these players that might be a little bit older that are going to play in the game? You know, I think you hit it on the head when there's just not enough players to put in there. So, yeah, I could consider uh, – actually, I thought they were going to do this with Watt. I thought he would play the first half and then rest the uh, the the, se- the uh, second half altogether. And so I could see that. I mean, I could see them wanting to get Cassius Marsh in there. I can see them wanting to see Lane and uh, more of Sutton in there. Um, maybe see uh, – Put, put a Denny in there also. Well, now we're probably going to see a Denny start. I haven't seen that for certain, but that kind of seems where this is going. So, you know, I I could see a lot of those guys getting a whole lot more action. But, you know, on the offensive line, there's not a lot of guys to really sit. You know, yeah. so uh, I don't really expect uh, if they do that with Pouncey. Actually, I think they're going to want to keep Pouncey in there to try to keep Mason safe. So, uh, you know, I, I don't expect uh, every every area to do that, but where you can, you're going to have that happen. What about you, Dave? Do you think they're going to go ahead and play this like a preseason game and maybe start taking players out in the second half? Or do you think, hey, if they're starting, they're going to play? Um, I think they take them out if they aren't already out. There's going to be guys that dress for this game that might not play. That's the thing. You could take someone like a Joe Hayden, dress him for the game, but only but have him way down the depth chart and only use him if you need him. Because you can only sit, I'm going to say seven, because I'm going to assume that they will bring up two players from the practice squad for this game because it makes total sense for him to do it. They're going to, if, if Pouncey's sitting, they have to bring up a lineman because right now they only have eight because of the whole Derwin Gray thing. Oh. Um, so, yeah, let's not get started there. So... <laughs> You're going to have guys that are still going to need to dress, but not play, you know, which look at the positions where the Steelers have players that they've had inactive recently. Okay. You could, you could have two defensive linemen not active for the game if you wanted to, because they've been, they usually only dress five. They've been dressing an extra one at six and still sitting one. So you could go into this game with five defensive linemen and have both, Hayward and Tewitt sitting out or Alawalu or someone. I have a feeling somebody like a Stefan Tewitt or, or Tyson Alawalu, they might play a few series, but then they're just going to be backups in case they get thin at the position for later on. You know, don't know that they can – you can't do exactly like the preseason game where you see guys, uh, t- you know, don't even have their shoulder pads on on the sidelines in the second half after halftime because you're dealing with – you were dealing with 90-man rosters, and that's not what you have right now. Well, let's let's go through this. Let's let's do this exercise. What are some positions? You said defensive line. I agree with that 100%. Where you could foresee 
the Steelers actually saying, hey, we're just going to we're going to dress you because we just in, in a worst case scenario, we have to throw you out there. Uh, but at the same time, you're going to get a lot of backups quality time. So, Brian, what's another position other than defensive line? You could see them doing that secondary and wide receiver. Yeah, I would also throw in running back. Yeah, I think you could see James Conner. You know, I think he maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's inactive. I don't know because he had that quadricep injury. You want him 100% healthy. You can always activate Anthony McFarlane. You get McFarlane, Snell, and Samuels. Dave, is there any other position that you can think of? Yeah, I meant to mention the running back position there. I wouldn't be shocked if they don't dress James Conner or they go with four and just go a little bit thin somewhere else. Um, I think that might be one that depends on if there are any lingering injuries. Um, but I think Brian's right on with with they dress a lot of defensive backs because they play those guys on special teams. Special teams, yeah. Like a like a James Pierre who who plays a lot of special team snaps. And does he have a defensive snap this year? I don't know that he does. No. If he does, it was it, it was in mop-up duty, but some you know, something like that. So I could see that maybe the corners or something being one of those positions. Well, you get someone like Antoine Brooks. If you yeah. can, is he's is he on the practice squad? Because he no, he's, he's on the roster. Okay, so you, you get him plenty of reps. Like get him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Allen, if he's still banged up with a stinger, you d- no need to put. That, don't worry about him playing. You know, get get Antoine Brooks out there in that role. Let's see what he can do. At this point, it doesn't. It matters, but it doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, I, 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 walk a fine line. Wide receivers, one that the only way I see them doing that is if they bring up. Um, a practice squad, Dion Kane, yeah, or and I can't remember if Kane already has two activations or not. I don't think because because I know he has at least one, but where these get so tricky is when they activate guys off the practice squad, it depends if they're a COVID designation or just a call up designation. Because, um, like they you already used Matthew Wright twice, but on the same the first game he came up. He was a, a regular call up while Anthony Coyle was a COVID call up. So the COVID call up doesn't count as one of the two. Once you get to the postseason, those two don't matter anymore. You're allowed to have, it doesn't matter how many times you've been called up, you'll be able to do it for the game. But um, it, they're just going to have to navigate around this a little bit. And I'm sure that's what they're figuring out now while they're practicing and everything. Telling you, I would not dress Chris Boswell. Don't, I would not risk him re injuring that groin, hip, whatever you want to call it. I don't care if they just say we're not going to, you know, we'll find someone to kick off and then we're just not going <laughs> to kick an extra point. We're going to go for two every time we score a touchdown, mm-hmm. fourth down, just go for it. Who cares? Throw, throw caution to the wind. All right. Someone asked this in the live chat and I want to get your all's take on it. And this was news that broke earlier today, Thursday. And that was the fact that reports are now that this Pittsburgh Steelers could have fans in seats. That's right. Butts in seats at Heinz Field uh, come the playoff time. Big deal or not? Brian, we'll start with you. To me, no. Maybe to the players a little bit, but, you know, I don't think it matters. I think, you know, that's a, where the seating comes in in a lot of places, too, because, you know, there's really no home field advantage this season whatsoever. Um, it's really 50-50, where it was like 65-35 or 60-40 in the, pa- in the past. I don't think a home crowd is going to uh, – you know, lift the uh, Steelers up in the playoffs any more than they would if there was nobody there. I mean, there is some atmosphere, but, you know, I don't think it matters. But I think it's great to uh, just to get us looking back to normalcy again. 
Dave, you wrote the article for the website. Is there anything you want to add to that? Oh, my or- goodness. Brian couldn't be any more wrong than he is right now. <laughs> um, well, first of all, the report is now they're saying that it's going to be friends and family, and they're still trying to see if they can get more. So it's not going to be back up to about maybe the 5,000 it was at one point, but at least it's it's not going to be completely empty. Yeah. But just let's just look at the eight home games the Steelers had. They had their they had week two, week three, no fans. They won by five points, they won by seven points. Then they turn around um after their impromptu bye week and they have fans. Okay, the closest game they have there is a nine-point victory over the Eagles. Then they beat the Browns in front of fans by 31. Then they beat the Bengals in front of fans by 26. They scored no less than 36 points in front of those limited home fans, and they had an average margin of victory of 22 points in those three games. What happened after that? Five-point win, loss, four-point win. I'm telling you, you could say it's a coincidence, but that's what the numbers say, that when they at least had a little bit of of fans there firing them up, that th- those were the games that the Steelers, especially offensively, dominated. Wait, 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 wait. There were fans in the stands for the Baltimore game. No, no. because it got moved. It got pushed back. It was supposed, I, they were supposed to have fans in seats. If it was on Thanksgiving, the protocols or the new rules went into effect on Friday. And so because it got bumped, even when it was supposed to move to Sunday, they were not allowed to have fans anymore. My understanding was there were there were a few there. Um, no, nope. all right, just family and friends, just the yeah. box, just people in the boxes, essentially. They okay, yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm talking about. There I'm were family really and friends there, but on the, you know, no game. one in the lower bowl. Like you had to be yeah. like you were in a private box. So it's not so. Like so what they are saying now is it might only be family and friends, but it will be in the lower bowl because they're going to be very limited with their number of seats, trying to work out where they can get even more, but it's not set right now. That was the latest. I was just checking it just not even 10 minutes ago. It's interesting to me that when the Steelers did allow, what was it? 5,500 people. And that included um, that. That was total fans. I think it was 7,000 total. It ended up being about five, 5,500 fans. The Steelers said, we're only going to have people in the lower bowl. Like that's it. However, in Baltimore, when they actually, I think they only had one or two games with fans before it got shut down. They said, we're going to spread everyone out throughout the whole stadium. They used the upper deck as well as the lower bowl. I'm shocked. It's just a difference in, in viewing, I guess, the Steelers probably wanted everyone as close as possible to try to get some type of atmosphere. But I get it. I get it either way. So anything to add there, Brian? Are you good? I, I agree. So we'll agree. I disagree. So we'll agree to disagree on that because, right. you know, I. I don't think uh, I don't. All those fans in Buffalo didn't didn't really uh, hurt hurt or help the Bills because there were zero. You know, I mean, I just uh, this is a different year. I don't think fi- even five thousand fans are going to make them score thirty eight points. If you well, if you're good, you're good. If you suck, the players, you suck. they say it's just it's even with a very limited amount of fans hearing people cheer them there at Heinz Field. Yeah, but they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you if. Uh, uh, well, hey, they're not going to say that the fans don't matter. That would be that'd be a death wish. They're not going to say see, that. Here's, here, here's the thing. Here's Number the thing. It up. Well, hold on. Here's the thing. It does. It Pittsburgh doesn't matter here. Where you have to go is you have to go to places that have had fans all year. Go to Kansas City. Like Kansas City is, I believe, they've had fans from the opening kickoff. They had fans there for that very first the season opening Thursday night game. They had fans there, and then in, I think even in Cleveland. They've had fans there this entire time. Almost the whole time. Almost the whole time. Now, I don't know how many fans they've had down in Florida that they've allowed upwards of, I think, 10,000, close to 10,000 
in some areas. And I would just be curious to see what that meant, what, what that was, you know, in terms of win loss and things like that. Uh, you look at a team like Tampa Bay, you look at Jacksonville. I mean, that's same state, but different teams altogether. Uh, Jacksonville's never done a good job with attendance. So we probably shouldn't lump them into that. Uh, but still interesting. And I think after the season's over, it'll be, it would be a really interesting deep dive into who had fans how many were they allowed to have? And did it impact the result? I mean, it's just, I'm already, it's already looking. You, you already go. told me that was That's part right. of my breakdown. That's right. <laughs> After the season. All right, let's get to some super chats here. Kurt Von A gives us $5. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. He said, what kind of protection do you think this makeshift O-line will give Mason? Well, how makeshift will it be? From what it sounds like, it's going to be everyone but Pouncey. So I wouldn't say it's that makeshift. Uh, Brian, what do you think? I think uh, they're going to be fine. Okay, Dave? Yeah, I do too. I think you're going to see David DeCastro, maybe some to start, and then you'll see Danny Isadora coming in for him. Um, And you'll probably see Gerald Hawkins going in for Big Al at some point. But these are also – now, Isadora, it would be his first action as a stealer. But um, other than that, I I, I mean (laughs) – Who's going to be well, left on the defense for the Browns? Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see for the Steelers. You know, they just signed that tackle to the practice squad. Are they going to promote him even and for this game? I don't think that he would necessarily be up to speed to be able to play. Then again, maybe an offensive lineman is just like, look, tell me which way to block and I can block. I don't know. Yeah. But so they do have some options there. Uh, 499 from Election Fraud 2020 says, if the Steelers are allowed to have fans at Heinz Field, then I want the two seed, a chance at three home playoff games. Yeah, I mean, I don't – guys, we'll, we'll talk about it this way. Do you put much stock between the two and the three? We'll put it that way. Brian, we'll start with you. No, um, at this point, not really, because I still don't believe home field advantage in 2020 is going to matter as much when there's not 65,000 fans. Okay. When there's Dave? when there's a handful, it's not doing a difference. It's not making a difference. Dave? Um, not enough to – to not take the opportunity to, to give guys a bye week that have that didn't get one in 2020 because um, I'm going to the Steelers did not have a bye week they right. didn't even have a mini buy ever I don't care what you say so that's that's the thing because you don't look you can't look to the second round of the playoffs you've got to worry more about getting there by taking care of the first round I'm going to say that there is home field advantage but it's not so much in game it's the fact that you're staying at your own home. It's the fact that you're in your own your locker room that you're comfortable. I think there is something to be said about that. And that's something Mike Tomlin has alluded to previous weeks about. He was asked about how important is it to be home. And he said, look, I understand we want we wish we had 65,000 screaming, terrible towels twirling and all that stuff. He said, but just being able to be at home is important. He said, and I think that that shouldn't be underscored. Mark Pace gives us $10. And he said, thoughts when the Chiefs release Kareem Hunt. Did the Steelers waste an opportunity not picking him up? Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Did he clear waivers or did the Browns pick him up off the waivers? Because if the Browns put in a waiver claim for him, the Steelers never would have had a chance anyways because the Cleveland Browns would have been so much higher on the priority list. Dave, do you remember? I'm looking that up, so ask Brian. Okay, Brian, do you remember? I'm going to uh, defer to Dave, but I'm thinking that nobody really had a chance to pick up Kareem Hunt. That's what I'm thinking too, because you know everyone. There were a lot of people that said, "Oh, they should get Kareem Hunt," but he has to clear waivers. And even so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure uh, what exactly had, that was. What three years ago? That was that was in um, 
They they cut him in in December of 2018, and oh, he yeah. was and he signed. Really? wasn't claimed in waivers, but he signed in the off season of 2019. So yeah, he was out there for a while. He was not claimed off waivers. So he cleared waivers. He could have potentially chose the best situation and the bet and the most money for whoever he went. So he did clear waivers. The Steelers could have. We don't know. They could have put in an offer. You, I mean, you Kansas City didn't want him anymore because of what happened because of his his character. What yeah. makes you think that the Steelers would want his character? That's and he's a hometown guy. He he yeah. he went home to, to Cleveland. The Chiefs are cool with Tyreek Hill, though. Okay, let's go to the next Super Chat. <laughs> Cody Marshall gives $5, and he says, Happy New Year, guys. It's been a pleasure listening to this show since way back when Jeff had hair. I still have hair. All right, Cody, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a cheap shot. That's a cheap shot. For the- <laughs> <laughs> it's just really it's just really thin. Okay. Um <laughs> Jeff had real hair. Maybe we have the we have the picture of him and his headphones and oh, a right. gorgeous head of hair. In fact, I'm gonna start putting that on his thumbnails. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Chris uh Fertucci gives us 499. Says any chance we see Wendell Smallwood? That's a name that everyone has talked about. Like, when are we gonna see this guy? And he's never been activated. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Um you will see him in flashbacks to the uh, 2016 game against the Eagles when he helped torch the Steelers. But I think that's about it. I mean, I, I really, I, the, that was brought up a couple of weeks ago. And my feeling is the reason you haven't seen them is they don't like what they see in practice. Maybe Dave, what do you think? There's no reason to rest Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels and Anthony McFarland jr. There's no reason to rest any of those three players. If you if you rest anyone, you rest James Conner. And even if you do, you still have plenty of running backs. If you can only promote two players from the practice squad for this game, I don't see Smallwood as being one of them because they're going to need it at other positions. I agree with you. Now, let's real quick, before we actually take our first break on the audio side, the headline in the title of this podcast is, what is the best case scenario for the Steelers? So I want to tie this in with Dave Schofield's Stat Geek podcast, which ran Thursday morning. Now, if you're someone that likes to be active while you're listening to podcasts, you can't do that with this podcast. You have to sit down, maybe get a pen and pencil, I'm not sure, and take notes. Because Dave throws so the second half of his show, which starts to outline playoff scenarios, is so complex. that you're, I'm sitting there, I'm, I actually listen to him when I'm in the gym, and I'm like, what is he talking about? I, he lost me. <laughs> So real quick, it is confusing. It It is. I admitted it. People that say, well, the Steelers are definitely going to play the Ravens. No, that is not the case. There's a, there's a possibility that they can play so many different teams, but guys, I want to ask you in terms of who they could play in the AFC wildcard round. What is the best case scenario for the Steelers? Brian, start with you. Wow. I'm thinking right now, probably Indianapolis. Indy or Miami. Actually, you know, let me switch that to Miami. Okay. What about you, Dave? Best case scenario. Yeah, because well, the odds of them actually facing Miami are so, so low. If there was, other than Tennessee, Miami is the least likely team that they're going to face. So I would say Miami because I think that the, the Steelers defense could really do a number on that offense. For one and two, the last home playoff victory that the Steelers have was against the Miami Dolphins. 
I, I honestly, you know, I, I do questions and answers with the editors of other sites for SB Nation. And this week, the Browns editor, Chris McCorney, he sent me an email. He's like, hey, can you answer the question? Sure. So he always says, what would be the best case scenario? He asked the same exact question. I, mean, I said, honestly, I think the AFC playoff picture is loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's no easy win. Like even Miami with Tua as a rookie, that that he could struggle. And so that's who I picked as a best case scenario, which I understand from listening to Dave's podcast, it's very unlikely that that happens. But still, uh, that would be my pick. But you look at every other team, like they're tough. I mean, you look at the running game of the Browns and the Titans, if they get in, the Colts, we know how dangerous they can be after week 16. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson, he's a freakish athlete. I mean, you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, th- there's not going to be an easy game in this playoff. So, yeah, we can pick and choose. I like the Steelers no matter who they play because I still believe, to this day, I did a Let's Ride podcast on this, that the, only, that the recipe to beat the Steelers is them beating themselves with turnovers, with poor tackling, blown assignments, drop passes that's how you beat the Steelers like I still don't think especially with that defense that people are just going to roll up and say yep we're just going to dominate you and Dave said it before maybe the most impressive offense the Steelers have faced this year is Buffalo and think back to how Buffalo got some of their points defensively did that that pick six at the end of the first half changed everything the Steelers defense held them to three points in the first half before that pick six so take it for what it's worth We'll talk about scenarios more next week after we find out who the Steelers are going to be playing in the AFC uh, wildcard round. Now, we're going to take a quick break on the audio side. So if you're on YouTube or Facebook right now, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. If you're on the audio side, head over to part two. We'll talk about X-Factors predictions and a lot more. Be right back. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.